Ne? Ne. Somehow, true. 
That just doesn't bear close thought. <laughs> yeah, it's not something you want to go on. That, that, bears, that does not bear scrutiny uh, either. That, does, that bears neither lengthy nor deep scrutiny. True. So what is Neil drinking tonight? Um, well, I'm poor this week, so I've gone back to just what I had on hand, so I made a slow gin fizz. Which explains a lot. <laughs> There's still gin in there, so everything's okay. It's yeah. It's, but it's Two slow. ounces. Yeah, but it's slow gin. I suppose. <laughs> Spelled with S-L-O-E. Yeah. Uh, what can you have some news? Uh, a few things. Um, one of them is, for me, a little bit sad. It's no one died, but Andrea Romano, anyone familiar with that name? Voice director for DC Animated. Uh, Warner, Warner, Brothers, Warner Brothers Animated mm-hmm. retiring. Mm-hmm. Actually, someone did die, which is sad news for me. I just remembered. Uh, uh, yeah, the the one voice actress. Yeah, the voice uh, actress who oh, was yeah. Rocket Chase Squirrel. Yeah. Yeah. And well, half the uh, half the cast of that. Show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Andrea Romano was the voice director sent all the way back since Animaniacs up through. <sighs> Batman the Animated Series, all the DC animated stuff, Avatar The Last Airbender. Mm. We have her to thank for a lot of things. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah. She is the reason we have Kevin Conroy for the voice of Batman and Mark Hamill for the voice of Joker. And That's well, amazing. Enjoy your retirement. Yeah, you earned it. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May it not be boring. Um, the Hellboy reboot movie just cast uh, Professor Bloom, or Broom. Professor Broom? Of course, uh, Ian know. McShane. Wow. Uh, nice. Is Broom the father character? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was John Hurt I was, in the original movie. John Hurt was so good in the one and a half movies he was in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Actually, I suppose when you add it up, really, one movie. Yeah, because it was flashbacks in the second he movie. He died so early in the first movie. Spoilers, I know. It's a long time, so... Yeah, yeah. spoilers go before the spoiler, right? It's going to be that weird, though, seeing Ian McShane play the character, because John Hurt looked just like the comic book oh, version. and he did. Well, it's going to be weird seeing anyone other than Ron Perlman fill, fill Big Red shoes, yeah. too. Yeah, that's that's going to be a hard role to pick up. Perlman's one of those few actors they cast who... him. I can't remember the name of the guy... Oh, Perlman's one of those very few actors who doesn't get eaten by prosthesis. Right. Him and yeah. really um, Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, it, Perlman started in prosthesis. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the right. Beast. That's right. Yeah. Um, you know. Although we saw, we actually saw his real face in Ice Pirates. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel it would be kind of analogous to having to portray Hellboy after Ron Perlman. Um, yeah, it's like um, trying to be like, okay, so you're gonna play the role of Ash. But we couldn't get Bruce Campbell. Go. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, no, I can't possibly do this. <laughs> well, they're gonna try to follow the comics a little bit closer than the uh, original movies did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's David Harbor, uh, the guy who played the sheriff in Stranger Things. Oh, oh yes, I remember reading the one that who casting. I thought was uh, Adam Baldwin for a while. I guess. Yeah. I think if anybody, I think if anybody, he kind of looks like him in in the Netflix still image. Yeah. Ah. But uh, I think if anybody can pull that off, now I'm not going to say that that Harbor's going to be able to do the same kind of Hellboy that Perlman did, but Harbor's got the chops, I think, to uh, to. I haven't seen Stranger Things, so I review, or so I uh, I retain. Uh, rights of well, with, without getting into spoilers, um, 
his uh, his character he managed to have a kind of uh, quiet stoicism to him. Yeah, um, which I think befits the. Uh, I mean, often Hellboy isn't quiet; he's bombastic and stuff. But right. sometimes he is, and because it's a complicated character who's dealing with a yeah. lot, given yeah. his, shall we say, unique lineage. My my yeah. thing is, <laughs> what what the problem for me is, I can't hear Hellboy without hearing Ron Perlman's voice. Right. So that's going to be. An, I haven't heard the guy speak, Harper so I can't. Is, Harper has more of Clancy Brown's voice. Than okay. Clancy Brown would have been That's a pretty a good, good would have been yeah. a pretty good yeah, voice for Hellboy too. Yeah, he's, I he's, want that gruff, gravelly voice. Yeah, and he does. He does have a close. His voice is closer to Clancy Brown's. Okay, that than could Ron be good. I, 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 he, he's, he's got that deep tenor. He's got that slight rumble to it. Um, I'm gonna go see the movie. Don't get me yeah. wrong, because anything involving um, Hellboy. Yeah, <laughs> any any uh, media creating Hellboy, I would like to see more of. Right, and David's also got the, the right uh, body type, I think, for the comic, more comic accurate Hellboy because Hellboy was not big, yeah. no, like he, he was in the movie. He yeah, he's actually a, a smaller frame. Yeah, right. he kind of he didn't have beefy arms. Yeah, he didn't, not, he didn't have the arm to fit the hand. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah he, was, Pearl, he was wiry. Yeah, I mean, I love that movie. I lo- yeah, uh, at least it works. It's just different. Yeah, yeah, Pearl. Well, they yeah, given the size of the hand, they had to give Pearl. <laughs> Yeah. Fuck! I'm thinking, how does he get that hand through the through the? And they showed, the they've sh- released a picture online of David getting fitted with his hand, right. and it actually is, it's going to be his normal arm, mm-hmm. and the hand that sticks out as far as it's supposed to for nice. a comic. Yeah. This will be good. I I, I am yeah. looking forward to it. It's just, um, yeah. what's his name has some big horns and hand to fill. Yeah, Dan yeah. Herbert. Yeah, yeah. has a big his... right hand of doom to fill. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, and that's, that's, and that's... then uh, another comic book. Red hand of doom. I'm sorry. Another comic no, book right reboot. Well, it is his right hand too. Yeah. Uh, keep forgetting names. Is it Todd McFarlane that created Spawn? Yes. Yeah. He got the rights back to Spawn and is rebooting the movie yes. as a true Sweet. horror movie. Nice. Oh, and he's doing it with a developer called Blumhouse Films. Hmm. They are known for doing low-budget, R-rated horror movies. Now that sounds promising. That does sound he promising. He specifically chose them because he said if you go to Hollywood, they're going to say, we won't do anything under this high amount. Right. And it's got to have all this flashy whatever. And he wants yeah. dark... Horror, low budget, doesn't want a bunch of high end special effects. He wants comic book spawn. Right. And I'll say this though in the spawn movie, there's a lot negative to be said about the spawn movie, <laughs> but the effects for spawn's suit, especially oh, yes. the cape, glorious. Very well, well done. Okay, especially one time. of my favorite parts of that. I loved the way they did the cape. One of my favorite parts of that though. John Leguizamo was clapping. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Violator, John Leguizamo. Yeah. Again, because all conversations lead back to Because John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo is, has been in everything. everything. Yeah, he, he is the Hispanic version of, of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, he was in uh, he was in American Ultra. I was watching that. I'm pretty sure his agent just, just goes to him and says, John, this is the high bid this year. <laughs> okay, what's the second bit? <laughs> what about the third? Let's go. Th- let's go second through fifth this year. <laughs> no, 
I, and I kid. Uh, obviously, because John Leguizamo is listening, I love your work, man. I've been following for a long time. It's like, there's nothing that the guy won't do. Yeah. And, no, it's, and, and he's and, so good at all of it. Yeah. It's like he's one of the one of the few good things about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and, I kind of liked what's his name and plates me, too. Don't get me wrong, I, I love Samuel L. Jackson, but in a lot of roles, he's just playing Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas John Leguizamo, not so much. Yeah, right. John, yeah. Samuel L. Jackson always plays the angry black guy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's because. Yeah. Have you <laughs> heard his so audiobook recording of Go the Fuck to Sleep? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, uh, you know, it's like Nick Fury reads Go the Fuck to Sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And have you. Have any of you actually read any? I haven't read any of Spawn, but have any of you guys read? No, any? I haven't. A little bit really haven't. Uh, Just like a char- bit. there's a character named Twitch. Yeah, yeah, um, familiar. Uh, apparently, McFarlane specifically wants DiCaprio for that role. <laughs> well, all right. Well, <laughs> so much for having budget. a low budget. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, I just think that would be a giant distraction. I think that's a. Bad decision. Well, you know, okay, I... Get an unknown. I have to go back to 13. And was it... Uh, uh, who played the crazy guy? In what? 13, 13, 13 monkeys. Oh, 12 um, monkeys? 12 monkeys? 12 monkeys. 12 monkeys. Um, the crazy guy in the main character was Bruce Willis. No, the other guy in the asylum. Oh. Uh, was it Brad Pitt? Or it's been forever since I've seen yeah, it's been a long ass. One time. of the best yeah. roles I've seen him in, where he was, he played batshit crazy really well. And I'd like to see. If, I I'm interested to see if Di- DiCaprio, with good direction, can actually pull that off. Because the boy has some acting chops. The he's, boy has a shit ton of acting chops. Yeah, he's, he's proven that he can do just about anything if given the right directing. Yeah, yeah if he's if he's given good directing, just like just like Samuel L. Jackson, when you know in in uh, Pulp Fiction was not playing Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, you know there there is, and even even his Fury is not you know your standard Samuel L. Jackson. Right. So you know, I, I, I well, even I'm in like, Unbreakable, he didn't he didn't yeah, act no. like Sam Jackson. He was really good in Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, Unbreakable is the most underrated of uh, of oh, M Night and Shyamalan movies. Was very un Sam Jackson. Yeah. I can't believe yeah. I'm going to say this phrase, but understated Samuel L. Jackson performance <laughs> is in, some of his best in, shit. In Unbreakable, yeah, it's generally yeah, where he's at the his most best. Sam Jackson performance was him in. Um, Snakes on the plane. plane. Snakes on the plane, but also uh, Die Hard. The he was just angry the entire movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which Die Hard was he in? He was with the vengeance. With the vengeance in New York City. I hate black people. (laughs) He was all like, because I've only ever seen it on TV. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just like man, the people. When we finally get big enough for us to have haters, I mean, there's going to be such a big supercut of all of the unintentionally racist things that I have said. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, they're going to become the biggest heel on the internet. Right. We'll see another another like uh, another um, along those lines. Another one that was a really good, not Samuel L. Jackson, uh, was uh, Long Kiss Goodnight. Oh yeah, I yeah, haven't seen yeah, that. So good, uh, okay, I'm going to have to lend uh, you that movie. 
Or it's going to have to go on the epic movie weekend of epicness. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we should we should get back on point. Yeah, yeah, I, was actually, I was actually about to get that. Uh, yeah, we do need to get back on in, point. In we only have news and going along the line of... For news. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's in Not Samuel L. Jackson, but another minutes. actor who's known for being a specific way in virtually everything he does, Eddie Murphy. I just mm-hmm. saw a trailer for a new movie he's got coming out in September called Mr. Church. Yes! You see the trailer for that? Yes, I have. If it were for the fact that I'm seeing his face... It's the one where he plays the piano and... and Where he plays jazz music on the piano, right? Uh, I think that's like a small part of the movie, but it's more if he's taking care of... Yeah, and he's taking care of the daughter. Yeah, Yeah, I saw saw the trailer for that. I really want to see that movie. It's like... We won't do an episode on it. It doesn't really fit geek, but... um, Yeah, but... I want to see that movie. If it weren't for the fact that I was seeing his face, it's just... That's not an Eddie Murphy role, and I was like, oh my god, I want to see this. Yeah. I want to see him do something where it's not Eddie Murphy being Eddie Murphy. I know. Right. I <laughs> wish... The trailer <laughs> looked really It did. Good. Yeah, I, I wish I wish this is a movie he had made earlier in his career. Yes. Because he's got some really... I mean... Before he became the joke. Yes. Well, he's, he's a great comedian, but I think he's also got some really good acting chops. If people would take out the comedian side. Yeah, if people would stop seeing Eddie Murphy. The problem yeah. is it's hard to not see well, Eddie Well, I mean, Murphy. he kind of does it to himself when he's playing, like, all the clumps and shit like yeah. that. You know, yeah. come on. And to be and, and to his part, he hasn't done anything in, like, eight or nine years. So mm-hmm. I think possibly because he's sick of getting typecast. Who knows? He might have been trying to get people to forget him so he can come out. I'm going to have to fact check you on that. I'm pretty sure he's, he's had an embarrassing release within the last eight years. <laughs> um, maybe. When would Meet Dave come out? I don't know. Anyways, what else we got in the news? Oh, there's a, uh, a reveal here for Domino and Deadpool 2. Yes. Yeah, they did a promotion. It was a great promotional uh, yes, shot because yes. at first I didn't yes. notice it. I but instead it. of the bearskin rug, it's Deadpool's suit in the same pose as the bearskin rug. In the, in the infamous promo through. shots where... Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool was lying in front of the fire trying to be all sexy. Now Domino is striking the same pose on Deadpool's suit as a makeshift carpet. And uh, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing your name right, but Zazie Beats? Zazie yeah, Beats? pretty much. Take Zazie your word for it. You got a, you got a picture? Uh, yeah, but this is, you know, audio, so... <laughs> I think Neil <laughs> would still like to see. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, she is, she's been in a few different things. She's been okay. in uh, Atlanta, and she also plays the trusted advisor to Daenerys... Bleh, Daenerys Stormborn on Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss San, Miss Sande, I believe it's pronounced. Miss Sander. Miss Sande. It's pronounced George. Yeah. <laughs> the Q is silent um, and invisible. Um. There's another character that's like one syllable different, and it's a completely yeah. different character. It's, so it's, yeah, it's, you can get uh, kind of it's, it's Bob Stephanopoulos. Yeah, exactly. The G is mostly silent. Blah <laughs> <laughs> blah blah. Attorney at law. Yeah, a reveal for Domino, you know, who plays her, what she looks like on the on her costume. Actually, there had already been people pretty oh much knew who was going to be there. Just seen her in costume. Yeah, Do we know? I absolutely love um, the way who's, she looks. Who's playing Cable again? I know we've, it's been announced. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Ah, uh, yes. Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Thanos. Because <laughs> Marvel doesn't have a rule against you being more than one Marvel character, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, well, Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris freaking Evans, yeah. but yeah. Um, anyways, what all right. Happening? So uh, any what are we doing? Uh, yeah, what have we? What have people been? I, I hope they don't get Fox doesn't get a bunch of crap for that casting because I think she looks great. I think there. I think there's going to be a little bit of it, but you know, uh, people are going to be are going to lose their absolute shit over it. Yeah, I'm sure they will. It's still going to. They're not going to. Obviously, they're not going to do exact comic accurate because mm-hmm. she was like. 
She was chalk white. Elmo glue white with black around one eye. Yeah. yeah. Well, to be fair, Deadpool's costume is ridiculous, and they stayed extremely faithful to his ridiculous costume. Yeah. yeah. That's but, different. Yeah, but Dom- casting a person of color as, as Domino, I think that's fine. Yeah. People are going to lose all of their shit if they have not already. Yeah. And people if are. People had people shit. Well, I think don't it's anymore. It has gone missing. Jump straight to the race angle when you know there can still be a discrepancy in the the look of the character. You could you could have someone. Yeah, but it's going to be a race thing, and, and you know it as well as I do. Domino's known for being uh, pale skinned with the black around the eye. The actress is darker skinned, but she has the sk- the same condition that Michael Jackson had. Villatago. That Vitiligo, and it's around her left eye, so she's got white around her left eye. Cool. So it's almost like she was born to play Domino. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that is real. That's not a makeup effect. That's real. Well, they may they may probably going to accentuate it. Yeah, they're probably going to enhance it. Uh, yeah. I I've, I'm in love with this. I'm in love with this casting. All I think it's yeah, great. I love, it looks great on her. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I dig that. Um, so. What have um, people been uh, been doing this week? I had one more okay. Iron Fist season two has been announced. Announced with Different fewer show. episodes. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love how that's that's how they're promoting the show. Well, like they've been announcing how many episodes are going to be released in total for, and they said for like uh, between these two uh, series, it's going to be a total of this many episodes. And by that, you can usually tell how many episodes each series is going to have. And they said between Daredevil 3 and Iron Fist 2, it's going to be a total of 23. And that Iron Fist was going to be less than it had before. Mm-hmm. So Daredevil's going to get more episodes and Iron Fist will get less. Well, no, if they, if they get 23, then... Because their standard, their standard season's been 13 episodes, typically. So it would be three episodes less on, on uh, Iron Fist without having to bump up Daredevil... Okay. Either way, Iron Fist is uh, getting less episodes than it had. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, so. It was definitely the weakest of the Netflix series. Right. Um, so, um, I've been playing Stardew Valley still. I took a look at that. It looks like an interesting game. <laughs> yeah. Um, give me a second. Let's, let's just check the old Steam stats here. How many hours have I logged into this game so far? You're, nothing's gonna, nothing good's gonna come from that. Yeah, I know. It's best I, to just not know. I finished Shadow of Mordor <laughs> again. But I'm I really, still hooked on Here's the Storm. I gotta know now. I'm over 800 hours on uh, <clears throat> on uh, Fallout 4. Fallout 4. So I keep seeing it pop up on my Steam, Steam alert. What's wrong? Well, shouldn't say your name necessarily, your your handle out there, but you have been playing, you are playing Fallout Four again, like, <laughs> and again, yeah. Um, but actually, uh, on the on the work front, um, I met with some folks. Fifty nine hours so far since last Monday. Uh, I, I met with some folks uh, Saturday to look at doing uh, audiobooks. Uh, for one of my series, I've got two more series that I'm still going to be looking for someone to do uh, do narration on, which I actually talked to George about having you uh, about doing long walk. Okay. Um, I really am. I, I would be fine. I I 
this microphone is good enough for me to do that. I just need to set up an ISO booth in my other room. Right, and so we, we, we discussed the possibility mm -hmm. of doing that, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you more. I, char I charge reasonable rates. <laughs> I would want I would want recompense, but I charge reasonable rates. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, we'll cover the yeah. ACX stuff on that. Uh, in the meantime, I'm still working on Prom Night, and I'm working on Dom and Yager. Uh, Looking forward to Dom and Yager. And... That's interesting thing. I posted the thing on you know because I got thinking Dominion would make a good graphic novel. Yeah, I think it would, uh, especially in the Judge Dread field. Um, and I was looking at a thing about deobjectifying women in comics. Uh-huh. Uh, and I really how much did that blow up in your face? Um, I got a lot of support on it. I saw that uh, post that you were looking at of the picture. Yeah. Of how how it changed your art to where it deobjectifies. Yeah. And I, and I really like that style, that, you know, that second style. Yeah. I've only really had one person go, oh, social censorship, um, you know, and, but I've had a lot of people, especially women, going, yes, this is, you know, um, and the thing is, is it's not about, you can only draw this way. Um, for me, it's, this is the style, this is the aesthetic I want, is more gritty, more realistic, more low-heeled. Because um, who really stands like that? Oh well, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> well, no, like, what, like what, what, where your ass and your tits are both facing the camera, it's not possible given the number of vertebrae in the human back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, there's... You know. and, and who fights crime in high heels? Uh, <laughs> you know? Um, it depends which, on how high the heel is. Yeah, well, I don't know if you fight crime in high heels, but <laughs> I prefer flats. <laughs> you know, I mean... I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to a nice Mary Jane, but still. <laughs> that's kind of with their underwear over their clothes. Oh, that's right. It's not always going to be you realistic. Know. Yeah. And I mean, I agree. I agree with you to an extent that yeah. you shouldn't. You shouldn't just do things because that's how they've always been done. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. worth looking into. Yeah. But I think it's mainly when you get when you get pushback on that, it's people being leery of people having a. A socio-political axe to grind, as opposed to just approaching it from a different style or being more realistic and yeah, you know, having some sort of and that's having to make it be a big, you know, thing, a yeah. big and, and that's, know, that's social thing. thing. When I put it out there, it's going, I like this style better. I like this, you know, yeah. because you like the aesthetic more. Yeah, go for and, it. And you know, it's people with an act, with a social axe to grind. And I, I to mean, the either way, to the way. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of funny, the same the same artist who did the uh, who did the you know here are the differences to yeah. make you know to make a female figure more realistic uh, is doing her own Patreon for her comic uh, Lady Power Punch, uh, where the the uh, the superheroine is slightly plump, not you know not. I think I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't, so can't say. But. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's 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 kind of funny the way the way that she she approaches it. Um, so that's been you know that's been my my weekend geek. Um, okay. So I think that yeah, I think this. So yeah, audiobook. Uh, I'm going to be at Library Con on the nineteenth. And Ben and I will be at Consplosion coming up at the end of September. End of September, right? Um, and then. If you're a zombie fan, I'm going to be at the Arcade Gun Show on the 12th, <laughs> selling Zompok Survivor. You can't have zombies without guns. And that's at the Ozark Empire Fairgrounds? Ozark Empire Fairgrounds, that's right. Yeah, we're, we're located out of Springfield, everybody. Plug, plug, plug. 
plug, plug, plug. You can see us. Consplosion is in Arkansas. Uh, yeah, uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. We'll and have more dates. Uh, uh, we'll have dates yeah. when we when when we think to look them up and have them in front of us. Um, uh, also, <laughs> we can also put it on the on the on the posting. Um, that's work. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> and Technically, then, you do have right privileges to the Facebook. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll fix what you post. <laughs> and then uh, uh, library, uh, uh, library Con is at the Library Center on mm-hmm. South Campbell on the way towards Nexa. Yep. Next to the Sam's Club and the Academy. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, as you pointed out, the Ark Again shows going to be those Ark Empire Fairgrounds. Yep. What have you been doing? Oh, no, you said you played the thing. I, ben, I finished Shadow of Mordor. I haven't really done much of anything else. Ben, or Michael, what about you? Uh, aside from just playing a lot of Heroes of the Storm, I haven't re- well, I've been reading Thrawn again. For some reason, I, I put it down and didn't pick it back up. I just got busy with other stuff, and I got back into that, and I'm almost done with it now. It's an amazing book. So Fun look, story, by the way. that again. Of my Steam library, um, the game I have logged most hours in is Team Fortress 2 with 300 hours. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really go to class in high to school. In co- I didn't really go to class when I was in college. Uh, so yeah. Do that's I why I graduated with a B so average. many of these new Star Wars books that I need to read, like Thrawn, Ahsoka, oh, no. all of the Aftermath books. <clears throat> Speaking of Star Wars... shit and are not as bad as everyone thinks indeed do we want to start with the hard one I just say go in order yeah okay yeah. plus one tends to get the most flack anyway so that's yeah. just yeah you know, start really with it does. okay yeah, just tackle I think it. The, take the, the banks up by the horns yeah I think the primary reason one gets the most flack is because of banks because of Jar Jar and, and I, I think that when you take that out it's not that bad a movie but there's one overall reason why I think one got a lot of shit too. But regardless of anything in the movie, is it was compared to the originals. Yep. Yeah. People were expecting a repeat of something that cannot be repeated. Yeah, you can't catch lightning. Although J.J. Abrams might beg to differ. <laughs> well, okay. what, by making the exact same movie. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now that being said, I loved it. But is essentially 
you know. It was new hope a new again. hope 2.0. Yeah. A okay. new new hope. Which I can understand because franchise. A newer hope. But it, it but it's still a less hope. old hope. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. A fresh hope. Um, Slightly used hope. Yeah, but Pre-owned. you know. Um, pre-owned hope. <laughs> yeah. Factory reconditioned hope. <laughs> a like new hope. But that, that was the stigma that episode one had was people were expecting That's fair. Lucas to produce a new trilogy that was going to Is break he... all the boundaries that the original trilogy broke. Okay, and, and my experience with with uh, with the Phantom Menace was that I was not looking for the same thing because I had gotten spoiled to the differences in the first trilogy. And to me, the best part about it was that it was Star Wars. It expanded that universe for me. Mm -hmm. I got to see Jedi being fucking badasses. Yes, Liam Neeson as a Jedi. No kidding. That is probably the strongest That's the strongest mm-hmm. argument I have yeah. for redemptive qualities. We got mm-hmm. to see Liam fucking Neeson as a Jedi master. How as cool a, is that? Oh god, yeah. You know, and, and when you hear, you know, when you hear the uh, the Moidian, they said to a Jedi? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You're on a freaking battleship. I'm not going in there with two Jedi. Send the droid. Yeah, send the droid. Are you brain damaged? Are you brain dead? Um you know, and technically and, Obi-Wan was only a Padawan at that time. Yeah, but still he was a yeah. Jedi. Yeah, but, but as them, a Padawan, he was still in his like early twenties. Yeah, and, and to them was, they're like, Oh, does he have a lightsaber? He's a Jedi. Yeah, they they yeah. don't have a sophisticated understanding of the Jedi. Lightsaber order. equals Jedi, true enough. Right. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, and uh And he was he was like on the cusp of Jedi Knight. Yeah, right. he really was. Uh and you know so to you mean me, Jedi Bindu? Yeah. <laughs> uh <laughs> So to me, one of the things that was that was about it was the Star Wars experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, to the point that um, when tickets first went on sale, I was working at a little company, a little mom and pop company. My boss and I took the day off to go buy tickets. <laughs> to go get wait in line to buy tickets for the tickets to pre-buy tickets. Yes, yeah. and then we took the. We also, you know, uh, you know, we also were there. You know, when they when they open the line that was part of the Star Wars experience yeah, it's I worth noting this is a pop culture milestone is that episode one is what kicked off the trend of people waiting in lines again, again. for days at a time for a friggin movie right which up, up you know, to a month in advance at least that was insane yeah. I miss uh, waiting in line for uh, for midnight showings all the theaters here in town now um, they have assigned seats yeah so you just buy your seat, so you don't have to come stand in line and mingle with people for IMAX, for IMAX, or for or even for Springfield Eleven, and definitely not for uh, for Alabama. They're the regular theaters at the Eleven don't have assigned seats that I saw. No, just, yeah, just the IMAX does. Yeah. So it doesn't help that okay. my group always sees it in IMAX. So for me, because it's not you guys for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> for me, that initial experience was. Star Wars, everything Star Wars was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you so know, I, I had I had to see it twice because my first time was with my youth group and my little sister kept leaning over, asking me questions like mm-hmm. I like I would know. Uh, why is he doing that or what is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, and what are midichlorians? Yeah. And you're never going to so I would yeah. like to point something out. Mm-hmm. 
And we can make all the apology, all the justification in the world for these movies. Except for one goddamn thing. Midichlorians. Fucking midichlorians. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is I, I understand the reasoning behind I it. I understand the reasoning behind it. It's wrong. I it's flatly wrong. He well, wanted a metric to show how strong somebody yeah, was. Yeah, he wanted course. to be able to say, wow, that mutant's Omega level, which is also stupid. Over 9,000. <laughs> yes. yes. He wanted to quantify... Anakin's power. He solved a small problem and created a much larger problem. Because it flies in the face of, of the whole like philosophy and like spirit of the concept of the Force and how yeah. it works in his yeah. original trilogy. So that's enough shitting on the prequels. <laughs> well, uh, and, but and, that and, is that is in my opinion entirely indefensible. Yeah, that's. But we got. I you know I got everything else, everything out of it in this. that I wanted that I hoped for actually out of it. Because Jedi lightsabers, Jedi badasses. By the way, uh, people forget because now we live in an era where we have all this, like, all these additional movies and shows and comics and books and stuff. But to have an official canonical Star Wars movie where a fucking double-bladed lightsaber existed yes. and was done well no, was yes. mind-blowing. Before that, all he, we had was, was crazy. Exar Kun's lightsaber in like. Books and comics. It was, it was like a. It was like a. It was like basically like a seeing a an ancient painting on a cave. Like yeah. that's all we had with double blade lightsabers. Ooh, in theory, this could be a thing potentially, but for, it's kind of murky. For that matter, um, there is an argument that Star Wars helped to really reinvigorate the, uh, the lightsaber industry. No, no, no. <laughs> reignited it. The reboot yeah. and. Reimagination period that that Hollywood is in, for better or for worse. I know Hollywood's like, oh no, there no, there's no such thing as an original thought anymore, but <laughs> or very few. Right. But at the same time, um, because of that, we're working with no. We're we're now working uh, with a lot of movies now with known quantities, and it has really made the film adaptation industry step it up. Yeah, yes. and and okay, that's another thing that that uh, that Phantom Menace had going for it. Ray Park. Oh yeah, I was just about to say Darth Maul was a great. It's, despite the fact he only lasted one movie, was a great. Movie. And he had what one yeah. line? And it wasn't and even Ray Park's voice. Yes. It wasn't like voice. "Yes, my master" or something. Uh, at last, we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last, we will have revenge. At yeah. last, we will have revenge. That was about all he said. <clears throat> yeah. But, quite frankly, the less the better. Because yeah. it's like Boba Fett syndrome where you fill in the blanks and he's a total badass. He spoke awesome a character. lot more in, in Clone Wars. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and the thing is, is yeah, in what he did with a staff. Yeah. You know, and they had to, and, and like like you pointed out, they had to slow down the fights because Liam Neeson and Ian McGregor, as good as they were. It was more. It was more McGregor at the time because Neeson had fallen mm. the sword before. Yeah. Um, well, he's Irish. I think it's part of your. Uh, well, he's done. It's the law. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> he's, also, he's also done movies where he's done sword fighting. Yeah, yeah. Rob Roy. Um, yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, and he's you know, and he's he's a pretty decent swordsman. Yeah. Ian McGregor trained up to be a pretty decent swordsman, um, but neither of them are in Ray Park's class with a, no. you know with with the staff. Right. So they had to speed up. They had to. Do that slowly, and then when they actually filmed it, they sped it up for the actual movie. 
and even then you could tell that they were being careful. Yeah. But it well, was still it's really. I'll have to show you a video uh, called "The Truly Phantom Menace" if you haven't seen it already. It's where people break down the the duel of fate. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you actually go down, like it, it's only like six or seven minutes long, but because they only pull out segments. But if you actually go like frame by frame, they're missing each other by a country mile. Yeah. Well, um, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, is the way Ray Park fought with a dual bladed lightsaber was just, you know, just amazing. They did not have to do nearly as much CG mm-hmm. right. in that fight as they had to do in other fights. True enough. Because Ray Park was actually that capable. And that's the interesting dichotomy there is that one of the most memorable things is the least CG'd things. In yeah. the movie. When that movie was known for its copious amounts of CG, although it's not all negative, I would say another compliment I would pay it is that uh, again, Star Wars was a trailblazer in special effects yes. and cinematography. For all, all its faults, there were a lot of good things that uh, Episode One and the other prequels brought to the stage, and it forced people to kind of step up their game. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and it had great effects. Everything was beautiful in those. It was movies. gorgeous. Yeah, and it, it also broadened the Star Wars universe to us. Right. We yeah. get to see Naboo. We learn about the Trade Federation. Yep. Uh, you know the um, and the sequels all the way through. You know we've got the banking clan. The you know was it, uh, so much more lore. Yeah, well, I think Naboo is an important point in the sense that just uh, with what exposure you have in Episode One. It establishes that there are different areas with different climates and situations and civilizations. It's not just like, hey, this is the ice planet. This is the desert yes. planet. Planets this is the forest moon. Yeah, it's like, yes, you can have more yes. than one climate in a planet. Right. Shocking, I know. Until we get to Kamina. And Naboo, we established... <laughs> well, you got to have a token one climate planet. Right. Naboo, we established R2's origin. Yeah, because he was, he was... Palpatine's just, origin, the emperor. Was he was from Naboo. Naboo. Yeah. Um... We, we introduce, you know, we go back to, we understand why Anakin does not, why Vader never go, sets foot on Tatooine. Right. And I do think another interesting... And, and as much as people dog on, I hate saying it's coarse and yeah. grainy. Yeah. Get well, that, anyway, save it for episode two. Yeah. yeah. Right. We'll get there. <laughs> but, yeah, in episode one, um, okay, other great thing about episode one... Uh, Misa like Brian Be- Blessed as Boss Nass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boss Nass. Yeah, yeah, sure. I had no problem with the Gungans. No, yeah. I did not want that. Uh, Fuck my computer. Jar Jar being in the movie was the, pretty much the same reason why we had Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Because the Ewoks were originally supposed to be Wookiees, but Kids teddy bears, merchandise, exactly, yeah. merchandising. That's yeah. where the money's at. And when, yeah. I, when I saw episode Space one for the first Balls time, two. as soon as I saw Jar Jar in the trailer, I was like, okay, I know why he's there. I'll just ignore that, and I still enjoyed the rest of the movie. Yeah, I laughed a few times at some of the stuff he did, and even in yeah. Clone Wars, some of the stuff he did was funny. Uh, it's kind of like the law of averages. You have yeah. five hundred like silly physical comedy gags. A few of them are gonna land. Yeah. No pun intended. I can't feel my thumb. And I have, <laughs> I have even caught myself even picking up a few of the things Jar Jar does. Uh, <laughs> How would? <laughs> 
By the way, if you're not already aware uh, uh, already aware of this and you want to go down a crazy internet conspiracy theory... Uh, uh, Darth Jar Jar. Darth Jar Jar, Google it. It's yeah. hilarious. There is something interesting yeah. about Darth Jar Jar. surprisingly compelling. Um, I digress. But after watching, after I walked out the movie the second time where I didn't have anyone asking me questions the whole time, <laughs> even the second time watching it, I walked out, I was completely pleased with it. Yeah. And, and think Jake Lloyd did a, you know, okay... There's some times when you can tell he was acting, you know. Uh, you, you could tell his his, but he was what eight, eight years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like eight or nine. Yeah, um, and, and so I'm willing to forgive that. I'm just waiting for my opportunity to uh, to make everyone want to kill me. <laughs> we have about seven minutes, by the way, to devote to episode one before we should move on. Um, yeah, if we want to give each movie uh, equal time. Right. If, uh, but. Um, yeah, the Gungans, and you know, and that whole. There's always a bigger fish. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you set me up as nicely as I can get. <laughs> I'm gonna try to defend Jar Jar Binks. Oh shit! Wow, you okay. are a brave man. Mad yeah. respect, man. All right, I'll so, try it on the set. Okay, so this has to start with a backhanded compliment. <laughs> okay. Um, well, at least this has to start with with a provisor. Um, a few quick pro quos. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is definitely a problem with the movie. He is a bad character. He is a bad. He is uh, like he is poorly written. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly, he's poorly written. Actually, <laughs> that's the real problem with Jar Jar Binks. If you think about it, if you could take out. The fact that he that he's a semi-racist caricature, caricature about against a race that doesn't really exist, um, and uh, and take a little and, and take the bumbling simpleton out of him, he could have been a very compelling character, and and Jar Jar his existence within the movie actually pushed a lot of the plot. It did. He could have been good. The main. Problem is one the horrible writing and two the shoes that he was trying to fill, and that was Jar Jar Binks was trying to be Han Solo. See, I was trying to be more three PO. Except we had that, but he was trying to be a mix between Han Solo and three PO. Um, admittedly, we had a better Han Solo XB in Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, but. The problems with Jar Jar are not in the thought, are not in the conceptualization. They are in the execution. Absolutely. Um, it's good Lucas can't write comics. It's because it's because George Lucas can't write. Yeah, I was going to say, just stop and write. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can't write dialogue. He can't write comedy. He can't. He is a. Fi- I will give George Lucas this. He's a great big picture guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His world is he, grand. He, he shouldn't vision. write a single word in it. He should say. He should say to his friend who writes books. So it's like this. It's like you know he he can he can do flips and like and and he's he, George Lucas is a fanboy. He is, which is why I yeah. think the Clone Wars Jar Jar was a lot more entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Jar Jar had the had potential and props, by the way, to the actor for putting up with all of the shit that everybody has has lit, just heaped upon him. 
for something that is completely not his fault. Yeah, he was he was playing the, the character he, as directed. Yes, he and and that's something to be said for all of the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone dogs a lot on a, on a lot of the performances. Mm-hmm. It is not on in any in any situation the actor's fault. Right. No. This is the guy who does Jar Jar has done a lot of other work. It's good. Yeah. Well, and, Hayden and Christensen is a good actor. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little fri- fired up here. The problem yes. is George Lucas for episode two. can't <laughs> direct, can't write. Yeah, yeah. can't. And and yeah. I can um, can't direct anymore. Right. He the, was a great director. No. 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 The only one that he actually well, directed he was only, the first. Yeah. And that was good despite him. Yeah. See that was and the uh, that was good because he didn't he he didn't have any confidence. He also had help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Including that guy in including the 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 picture that I love of the of the boom operator on Tatooine who's shirtless and wearing bright pink short yes. shorts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, and and okay, bear also in mind the uh, in uh, you and we are talking about New Hope. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. we're talking about. Phantom Menace. Oh, Phantom Menace. Okay. Okay, Phantom Menace. Um, let me let me kind of realign there. Uh, Phantom Menace, he was dealing with Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, mm-hmm. who are fantastic actors. And managed to get and managed to scrape semi-wooden performances out of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know. Um, you know, and uh, you know, and then of course uh, Ian, Ian McDermott, you know, as you know, Palpatine. It, it, as Palpatine, and uh, you know, I mean, he's, he had great actors. Yes, you know, we're running out of time, so, so let's actually try to stick to some positive things here because that, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's yeah. the ostensible purpose of this, right? Yeah. We had great actors, and they did the best with what they had. They did really good so, job. Yeah, a lot they, of the acting actually was really good. Yeah, I think some of that was in, especially Liam. Yeah. I didn't see. I, I rewatched all of them today, yeah. and I looked for specific things and. I didn't see a single thing that Liam did that was not convincing. Yeah, no, you you can't. Liam is almost idiot proof. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's like unflappable. It's like no matter how ridiculous I mean, the movie may be, I mean, even you always saying. buy into Liam's performance. I mean, Liam was the best part of the uh, Clash of Titans reboot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not speak of that. Um, I like he it. was, you know, he was, was okay. And and the thing is, is that it also this is the other thing that's really good about what I, I what things really good about it is it also introduced the idea that not all the Jedi are in perfect lockstep. Yeah, yes, that's what that, I liked about he was a rogue, a roguish Jedi. Yeah. Right, and that's yeah. an interesting concept to explore because they really didn't do that in the original trilogy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Luke was trying to figure out how to be. They made it something sound like, like they were Jedi. like the epitome of the um, like they called them Jedi Knights, and so you would think knight in shining armor. Well, to be to be fair, yeah. when something is extinct like that, it gets romanticized. Yeah, yeah. so it's only logical. Uh, right. But anyway, positive things about Episode One. Running out of time. Mm-hmm. These the uh, pod racing was pretty badass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Action and special effects. Yeah, that was great. I like the scope of it. Yeah, that was. I think that was a great overall. A great, a great. The Blu-ray release of it, they actually extended it. There's more to it. Oh, Oh, nice. Damn you! Uh, Like uh, Anakin's one of the cables connecting him to one of his engines disconnects and it causes him to start spinning, and he has this wand with a magnet attached to it. Well, yeah, that's that's normal part of it. That's that wasn't originally on it. 
thought that was part of it. That was not originally in the original release. Anyways. So there's a couple of things in the pod race that were added to... Yeah, I I, want, I, want the, I think I, that a lot of that stuff that transpires on Tatooine kind of because um, we talked about building the universe, building the galaxy as mm-hmm. far as like you know big stuff like new alien species and mm-hmm. new planets and stuff, but it also kind of like just fleshes out what's already there by seeing people like Bring okay like this week <laughs> barter barter a bit and like you know haggle yeah. and like uh, races and gambling. It's just like more like yeah. kind of like a la episode four like. Regular people doing gritty shit. Yeah. More lived in, yeah. lived in exactly. And, 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 and episode one had a lot of really good uh, world building, like universe yes. building. Yeah, well, and the idea that Naboo was was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even we even see more of Tatooine. It's not just sand and rocks. You know, um, we see also the idea that you know, hey, this is hut space. You know, you're out on the rim here. Right, slavery's normal. Yeah, you, yeah, you have more of a. I mean, aside from Tatooine being a backwater the planet, there's not a whole lot of here. like relative. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, there's not a whole lot of that whole like, hey, you know, how close to the core, how far from it are you? There's not like a sense of scope or scale in the original trilogy in many aspects because it's yeah. always focused on the immediate locale, the immediate story, immediate yeah. few right. characters. So, yeah, and the, and the most you get out of that is if there's a bright spot in the universe, you're in the spot that's farther yeah. from it, which yeah. is <laughs> um, a dubious statement at best. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it also, there's two suns. I mean, it's pretty bright there. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, it's the bright center. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, we're out of found this time. So <laughs> onward. Onward to um, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. And you know, initially listen, seeing that title mm-hmm. made me think the clones were the were the bad guys. I thought so too. Yeah. <laughs> it was really cool seeing that reversal. He just couldn't yeah. resist the B movie title, so yeah. Like after, especially after in the original movies, Alec Guinness talking about the Clone Wars. Actually, Leia is the one who uh, who mentioned that well, he well, fought for my father in the Clone Wars. Oh yeah, General Kenobi fought for my father in the Clone Wars. And, and then Luke mentioned it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a my father fought in the Clone. It's a very mysterious thing. No one knew what the hell that was supposed yeah. to mean. Yeah, and you know when, and this is something I mentioned uh, in, a, in an interview recently. When I was a kid, I made up the Clone Wars, you know, and the clones were the bad guys, <laughs> you know. Uh, just a couple of quick things about uh, casting in Episode Two: Christopher Lee is Count Dooku. Oh, fantastic Anything, idea! Uh, Christopher Lee, I think, actually really was was inspiredly and in beautiful casting because yes. the thing that. Christopher Lee is a B movie actor. <laughs> yeah, but so he, he's right at home. Yeah, so yeah. he was perfect <laughs> casting for, for a space this. opera. Because yeah. because yeah. as much as everyone's like, oh man, Star Wars greatest movie. The Star Wars movies in general, they're not good films. They are good movies. Right. Yeah, they're space opera. Yeah, they're space opera. Yeah, yeah. They are they are they are the movie equivalent of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and Christopher Lee is I. I will always love the man as a person. He hunted Nazis with a knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as soon as I see him as a character on screen, you lose. Me. I instantly hate him. Really? Well, yeah, because he plays. that's the type of characters he plays. Well, yeah, yeah, he always and, does play. And that's what because he, he always does plays the characters that well. Yeah. So like, and 
Dracula in a number of hammer Dracula, Saruman, yeah. Count Dooku. Yeah, he's not <laughs> the just man evil, with the golden he's, gun. He's not just evil. <laughs> yeah, he's he has created a new line, and he is smarmy evil. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he is. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's and then after Christopher Lee, the, uh, Jimmy Smits is Bail Organa, Leia's father. Yeah, finally actually getting to see him. But he was cool. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. He was great. I mean, there's one there's one little thing, one little bitty thing. And my, and my friend Greg loves to loves to uh, to highlight this. No, he he highlights it. This is one of his, at the end when the clones are marching and you see the ships taking off, and he's sitting there and just closes his eyes and clenches that fist, you know, because you're seeing in his heart democracy dying. Yeah. You know, he is just like, this is not the way things are supposed to be. And it's, everybody else is like, you know, he's right. all, you know, smiles and behold the gla- the grand and glorious Republic, you know, yeah, our grand, grand army, army of the, of the Republic. Republic. Right. Yeah, we yeah. gave it a, we gave it a grandiose name. Holy shit, we're North Korea. <laughs> you know. Well, to be fair, that's nothing new in military history. But that's pretty much point. all civilizations do that. Oh, exactly. Free or otherwise. But it, it is one of the biggest, you know, the only, only way they could have done it a little more over that over that top was to call it the, you know the grand the people's grand army of the republic or something like that democratic the more, republic <laughs> yeah well the the remind me to tell you a story about cuba missouri at some point <laughs> but the the more you dress up the name the more sinister you know and, and they did that just well enough grand army of the republic mm-hmm. they didn't go too far yeah they didn't, but they didn't. They didn't step away from it. Yeah, I'm surprised to say this, but uh, yeah, that was actually a fairly subtle thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really. <laughs> no one, was. no one really like explicitly pointed it out mm-hmm. or made a big deal about it, but it was there yeah. for people to figure out on their own. What a concept. Yeah, well, yeah. And, and then you know you've got the the whole idea of the clones doing the fighting for them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they're clones. They don't count as people. Exactly. Just like the whole. Well, that's what's interesting is that the, I think that's the most telling thing is that the issue of the clones, like their humanity, are they people? Are they not? Are there something between? Not even addressed. Yeah. It's just, just taken as a given that these are just disposable organic resources to be harvested and die and kill and whatever. And who gives a shit? Yeah. What yeah. happens? The Clone Wars series where Yoda's like, uh, where where uh, Yoda does is like. Well, you're you you are, and because even the clones are like, sir, we're just clones. I'm like, no, you're you still exist in the force. Yeah, <laughs> Bl- blind to the matters of birth, the force is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to take it back to episode one briefly. They did like a like a weird virgin Mary force birth. They have yeah. like, that. That's a thing. So I mean, you know, if you're. If, yeah. if it if you can't limit it to traditional birth, then you have to respect all life, regardless of how it came to be. Right. It's obvious that uh, Anakin was a clone. Uh, well, <laughs> no, Anakin was Jar Jar's son. Twist. Jar Jar's son. <laughs> no. That is one question that we still have not officially had answered: is how Anakin came about. Yeah. The official th- theory is that uh, is that he was official. Theory, <laughs> yeah, the official theory. I, I love that. Well, it is um, the official theory. Yeah. It's theory. It's theorized in the movie. Yeah, officially. That is, that is either yeah. Plagueis or Palpatine, right? But um, but to get back to uh, episode two, yeah. I mean, do you oh, mean the mysterious force power that they alluded to in episode three about being able to create life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
How ironic then that his own creation killed him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, episode two, pretty much, essentially opening of the movie, the speed, or not, not fairly close to the opening, the speeder chase was a yes. great sequence. Right. Yeah, because the opening was yeah. The opening was assassination attempt right. on Padme. Right. Yeah. That I love that cityscape, to... by the way. That was another cool... Yeah. That was that? another cool that was locale. Coruscant, wasn't yeah, it? we got to see Coruscant Nightlife. Yeah, I got to see that close. the nightclub, which had... Where are you going? For a drink. Yeah, for a drink. <laughs> God. That, it was episode two that really made me love you and us. Oh, yeah. As yeah. yeah. He really, he really he was, leaned into that He was role. becoming more... As he got older, essentially, he, he was becoming getting, more he, Alec Guinness. Yeah, and well, he was getting progressively too old for this shit. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I hate it when he does this. Yeah. And there were a couple cameos in the nightclub. Uh, we had Anthony Daniels was in there. Mm-hmm. And Ahmed Best, who played Jar Jar, was right. in there. Yeah. Well, I just love the whole meta Jedi mind trick bit where he's like, you don't want to sell me Death I don't want to sell you Death Six. You want to go home and rethink your life. I want to go home and rethink my life. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, and, and, it's, and it's, on the one hand, it's, you know, there, there's this altruistic element of it, you know, of... Uh, yeah. just but he's also kind of just swatting a fly. Yeah, because it's just like a precursor to him cutting off the arm in episode four, really. Right, really, because it. it was because it was like you are bothering me. I'm going to I'm going to use what's at hand to make you go away. <laughs> I like the idea of, of epi- having seen that and ha- having had that context in episode four. Kind of, I I like to interpret that scene as like, well, I would have done a more flowery version of this, but I'm too old now, so I'm just going to kind of cut your hand hand off here and call it a day. Right. <laughs> it's like I don't have the juice anymore to yeah, worry about all the intricacies of the mind trick. Well, that they were already pissed. They were already pissed. Well, yeah, right. that's yeah. the thing is you can only you can't you can't. Like purely manipulate them with the force, you can only like take what's there and and change it. You can't right. just create things whole cloth. Yeah, but that that whole scene. But yeah, that's a great scene. That whole scene, and this is where we start to see Anakin and Obi Wan really coming into their own. Yeah, because Anakin really is. Anakin is. I want he's, to please. I am a puppy. Yeah. Well. Well, well now, but at the same the, time, he's always he's, rebellious, though. He's the he's the loose cannon cop. Damn it, Anakin! You're just gonna turn in your badge and your lightsaber. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God damn it! You don't get results though. Yeah. That's all, that's You've also, got forty-eight hours. <laughs> it's also here that we start to see where the Jedi are going wrong with him. Yes. Right. We start to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the entire prequels can be summed up in the Jedi Council done fucked up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, well, is a- after the speeder chase, we got introduced to Django Fett. The Fett that got more screen time. Yeah, and <laughs> more got, lines. He even got to say a couple things. Yeah, yeah, and we and we get introduced to Slave One. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. which was one. back when it didn't look all rusty and used. Yeah. Well, the one the one that we see uh, Boba is Slave Two. No, that's still Slave One. Still still slave one. He doesn't get he doesn't get to Slave Two until after Tatooine. Yeah. Second half. But at any rate, he, you know, yeah, and, and Slave One, my God, what a ship that was. We really get to see what that thing can do. Oh, yeah. You know, when Obi Wan's chasing it through a fucking Yeah, in the field. original trilogy, we got to see it fly. Yeah, we got to see it fly, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I feel like to... another really cool thing about that is that I feel like it kind of retroactively earned the reputation of the Fets. Because it's like, before it was like, oh, he looks cool, and, you know, he shoots a couple of things, but he doesn't do anything that impressive. Yeah. But in this, he is outsmarting Jedi and dueling a Jedi to a standstill with only blasters. Because yeah. Mandalorian, baby. Yeah, yeah Mandalorian is no hardcore. Yeah. Even and though that is not officially canon. But... 
Jango Fett is not is in him being Mandalorian is canon. They've recanonized it because it was uncanon for a while thanks to the Star thanks to the Clone Wars series. They said that Jango Fett was not a Mandalorian; he just stole his armor. Uh, the Clone Wars never said that. Well, I've watched I the series several times. They never even mentioned whether he was Mandalorian. Right, but we also see later on Jango Fett taking down Jedi. Yes. Not oh, just yeah. going into a standstill, but you know, just oh, yeah. overwhelming their, you know, overwhelming them with, you know, with those fucking. There's a bit of a western angle to it, the way they shot it. Like you have uh, Dooku up there, and Jango is like acting as his personal bodyguard. Yeah. And somehow, against all odds, the Jedi manages to squirrel his way up there, and he just quick draws his ass and shoots him like yeah. eight times. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's he's flicking the trigger so quick that he can't deflect the blaster bolts fast enough until he's it overwhelms like a him paintball player. and hits him. Yeah. And then he falls over in true western style. Falls. The only thing he didn't do was grab his gut and go yeah. <laughs> or he didn't do the Wyman scream yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, then yeah. Jango twirls the blaster and then twirls it yeah. without yeah. a ring around there's no ring on that blaster yeah, yeah. yeah. so he still managed but he still managed to twirl it and put it back yeah. which you can so awesome. do but it takes a lot you of practice and, and you gotta be spinning God that knows gun he's got the damn practice. fast right well if you if you keep it if you keep your finger moving in the direction of the part that has yeah, it's like know. a deadly fidget. Or if you have magnetic gauntlets, like the comics said he did. Yeah, which is also which, <laughs> also which is another plausible. I, I right. like to think it's a little of both. Right. Personally, well, he's, he's just that cool. Yeah, he's yeah. just that cool. I mean, it took fucking it took fucking you know uh, Samuel L. Jackson to take him out. You know. Well, another another thing they, they, have, they, they share uh, the whole you know trope of oh no something happened to my jetpack and now I can't use it and then in that moment when there's this big ass beast charging him he just like calmly lines up his shot shoots him right. In the, the brain, eye. like yeah. through the eye into the brain, and just kind of like steps aside as he, you know, yeah, I mean, that's, this huge that's, beast is like a space yeah. rhino, basically, it's right? Pretty and awesome. Yeah, and that's 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 an epic moment of badass. Yeah, yeah, he, like, he had several yeah. of those. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was. Yeah, he was. It's one. amazing how we get off of episode one, and now we have a bunch of good things to say about him. Uh, <laughs> well, episode two, like I said, even though it got, in fact, we're it, running out of time again. Uh, episode two was was great for battles. We get yeah. to see, we get to see, and that was Dooku showed us that not all Sith are mustache twirling, yeah, mustache yeah. twirling lights, you know, red lightsaber uh, bashing. You know, now he could he could carry his own. I mean, he fought fucking Yoda to a standstill. Yeah. Another, another <laughs> well, that, and that twist. for that matter, Yoda, Wookie, it's your joke. You can tell it. They finally took their hand out of Yoda's ass so he could fight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would have stolen it if you weren't going to, but I was yeah. going. To, but but it, yeah. it, it deserved said in the podcast. Indeed. Yeah, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and we get to see Yoda's style, fighting yeah. style, which is like a little bitty meat grinder. <laughs> and something I was equally happy to see on top of him fighting was seeing him teach. At the, at yes. the Jedi Academy, right? Because he turned he turned Obi Wan's question into a lesson. Yeah, uh-huh. you know, lost a planet, Master Obi Wan has. How embarrassing! <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and you know that was a gentle fun <laughs> poked at Obi Wan, yeah. but it made the kids kind of it it what it it made the problem less intimidating for the students, right? Mm-hmm. Where they were, you know, where they were going to see the obvious. Someone's altered the records. Right. Mm-hmm. That Obi Wan was missing, 
because he was, you know, he he was thinking like an adult. Which Yoda is wise enough to immediately know, but he wants it to be a lesson for everyone else, yeah, so he doesn't miss any opportunity. Yeah, which is yeah. which is cool. And I, I think my personal favorite Yoda moment, and this is another this is another great thing to say about it, is so many cool Yoda moments. Yeah, and indeed, there's so many cool Fett moments. Because uh, for all its flaws, if this didn't exist, we wouldn't be talking about any of this cool shit. Oh uh, no, yeah. There's a lot of stuff that Episode Two brings to the table. Yeah. My fa- one of my favorite moments in the entire movie, honestly, is after the after the big fight where Yoda saves Obi Wan's life and Anakin's and fights Dooku to a standstill, and Dooku's making his lame little you know uh, retreat, uh, and. Then he instantly goes back into, oh, I'm an old, frail alien, and I just inch along one inch at a time with my, yeah. with my yeah. stick. Yeah. He my pulls the cane back to him and starts... Yeah, yeah. starts hobbling. Yeah, and, and, it's brilliant. And we, and, we get the, and we get that moment of, Master Yoda, come to... <laughs> you know, just like, because you've got to have that. They've got to say each other's name like, like a then, challenge. And then there was that second movie, traditional Star Wars twist, uh... Where they're in saber crosses, fought well. You have my old Padawan, right? right. <laughs> well, and and well, I also love the whole thing. Oh, we we he... skipped the spoiler of the week. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Spoiler of the week. I know it's it's laid in, uh, but spoiler of the week. Um, Darth Vader is Luke's father. <laughs> That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> no, I knew we no. forgot something. Spoiler of the week. Uh, okay. Sorry. Um, so, or my other favorite part of that is when Yoda opens his robe and doesn't reach for his lightsaber. It just kind of, it just flies out towards him. Force pulls it from his belt. Again, <laughs> like, another Western-esque thing, yes. I think. He opens up the, the tunic like he's got a, tr- like he's got a poncho in the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. And he just lets that shit, like, calmly force levitate to his hand like a total badass. Yeah. And I'm just like going. He doesn't even look. He's just like, yep, I know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Here it is. It's so great. Yeah. And, and it takes, catch. yeah, and then takes, t- you know, takes, it, you know, it takes the cloak off, you know, or t- it takes the outer robe off. You know, Again, very Western like. Yeah, very Western like. But also do, 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 that do, do, do. battle scene. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I fell in the, love. The battle of Genosis. Yeah, yeah. I fell the in love with the lights. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. You know, I, I I fell in love with those air, those airships. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are really cool vehicles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Definitely. Oh yeah, the 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 landing craft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are great. The 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 they, the, the helicopters of Star Wars. Really, those were the fucking yeah. Huey helicopters of yeah. Star Wars, man. Um, talking about the troop transports. Yeah, yeah the lats, yeah. the LATs. Um, it's kind of like a weird combination in a way of like a Chinook and an A10 because you had like you had the yeah. carrying capacity, but you had the sheer firepower. Yeah, right? yeah, because one of those brought down, or a couple of those brought down one of those big orbs. Yeah, the, the big droid control things. Yeah, like, those huge yeah. ships that were trying <laughs> yeah. to evacuate. And yeah. watching that just kind of fall, I think that was visually that was very spectacular. And then we also get to see, you know, Jedi working without lightsabers. Obi-Wan and, and Anakin, you know... And more than two Jedi working together. Yeah. Like, ever. Like, yeah. that's never... You've never seen a large-scale Jedi, like, mission or battle or anything ever yeah. in the history of the movies. So that right. was fascinating to see. That was awesome. And then we get to see two Jedi working in conjunction, Barisafi and uh, and her Padawan. Um, and for about two seconds, Anakin got to wield two lightsabers at the same time. Yeah. Of course, bitch ass got knocked out and his hand cut off because right. you know it's Star Wars and that's the law. Somebody yeah, has to lose a hand in the second movie. Right. <laughs> I wonder who's going to lose a hand in in, uh, in Episode Eight. 
Luke's you know what's happening. Yeah. Luke's gonna just have his droid hand get cut off here. Right? <laughs> uh, I would think it would be funny if the mechanical hand just got cut off again. He's like, oh, for God's sake! Seriously, <laughs> really? I've got other plans. <laughs> he just got this thing tuned up. Yeah, yeah, no, no. He just reaches into his backpack and pulls out another one and sockets it. No better yet, like Yoda style, just like force levitates back on. Screws in. Have a callback to Return of the Jedi. It gets cut off. R two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like an army of darkness, like Evil Dead chainsaw onto the wrist. Right. Yeah, just locks in there. Or, or better yet, you know, better yet, he pulls out Coulson's hand. I can totally see Mark Hamill doing that in an outtake and a blooper, like a B roll, like groovy, like you know, yeah. one of those things. Groovy. He's got the yeah. he's got the crazed look down, almost as good as yeah. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, well, and, and of course, better like in some Joe Coulson's hand. Phil Coulson lost a hand. Yeah, Agent's Shield. I missed this. Yeah, yeah. He uh, must be behind. Huh? You must yeah. be really behind. I am. Yeah, you'll see. More than a um, bit. Anyways, um, but yeah, I, I mean, should probably catch up at one point, some point. Episode yeah. two was really a good action film. It was very good action film. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. ignore most of the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. So um, once again, the failing of these movies one has of, not been in the has not been in the casting has not been in the in the choreography. It's in. Uh, it's not been in the. It's not been in the cinematography. It's not been in anything other than the writing and yeah. the directing. Yeah. And those are both the fault of a single man. Right. <laughs> because one thing we George. <laughs> we know you're listening, George. Um, He's gonna sue me. Yeah. But one thing that we have never we have not touched on. Is the whole falling in love montage with Anakin? Well, there's a reason because we're trying to say good things about we're the movie. To talk about good things about the movie. It was okay. Yeah, yeah that was all. I can yeah. I can defend Jar Jar a lot more yeah, than they, I can define, d- defend yeah, that. Right. Montage. They could have gotten that point across without doing all of those scenes. Right. Yeah. Really, what uh, it, need, uh, it, it all it needed to make it the perfect stupid montage would be like Kenny G playing over it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now take my breath away. Yeah. And they feed each other food. Well, and he some did that. Were, some of them weren't really bad. Uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. It's not exactly right. Yeah. Bad we get to see food. more of Naboo, and in the extended version, we get to see the family that it, she grew It's Some of their conversations actually were good. Like, the conversation they had about politics was yeah. actually a good scene because it was yeah. showing both of their sides. That actually established their yeah. characters and made sense in yeah. the context, which I was fine with. Because it actually established that he actually might be okay with the dictatorship already. Right. right. Yeah. Because he was like, well, people should just talk about how what needs to be done, agree on it, and do it. Said, well, that's what we do. Right. Just people don't agree. Well, then they should be made to. Well, by who? Someone wise. Like you? No, not me. Just somebody wise. Right. Well, that sounds like a dictatorship. Well, whatever works. <laughs> right, whatever works. <laughs> well, of course, the costuming in some of those scenes. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> it's like she was... Trying to tease him. Yeah, exactly. There is one problem. Mm-hmm. Natalie Portman apparently does not age, whereas Hayden Christensen's character does. <laughs> yeah, she stays the <laughs> yeah. same age. Because she was the same age in episode one, and Anakin was like eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to marry that girl one day. Uh, of course, uh, we're, out of time for, we're out of, out of time for two. In one way. movie. Right. Oh, uh, two, three, then. <laughs> three. Best uh, opening fight sequence. Oh so man, that good. opening scene after the crawl. Yeah. Glorious. Yes. Oh Dude. my god. Uh, before even that, 
the the space battle. The space. Battle. Oh yeah, that was oh, no. the, that was. The, yeah, I we're mean, considering okay. this all one scene. Yeah, it's all one scene. Because okay. it falls to the wall. It does not let up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, first, like what, ten minutes of the movie. And the <laughs> Jedi fighters love yeah. the Jedi yes. fighters yeah. with the little is, mind link and yeah, and, and, and I love the buzzsaw droids, which I love. Yeah, and and I love that the that the Jedi fighters are the prototypes for the Tie fighters. Yes. I the, love the pre- that. No, that's a prototype, but the pre- precursors. precursors. Yeah, because they have all the same design, you know, all the same design elements, elements. Um, just you know, just changed. But my favorite was that one that was following them. That uh, that um, that one that had the S foils. Yes, those are precursors. Oh, that's pretty X-Men. awesome. Yeah, that was an you know they're doing their was job. It, was it a headhunter? No. It wasn't. No, it was different. No, the Z ninety five doesn't come out until doesn't come out until late in the Empire era. It's um, a shame. Yeah, it was specifically something that uh, the clones flew. Okay. Yeah, okay. and it had a crew of clones. It had like three a three clone crew. At least two. I yeah, because you had your pilot and you had your tail gunner, but then you also had a bomber. Or a gunner. Yeah, Z ninety five was just one one pilot snub fighter things. Yeah, just like Z ninety five was like an X wing without the X. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, yep. it was incredibly it's agile, but it was yeah. very, very hard to very hard uh, to pilot. But yeah, I mean, and we see, we get better ideas of the clones themselves. Yep, of the clones and more of the. Uh, I love the. One of the few things that I think Lucas was able to write is the dialogue between. Anakin and Obi-Wan. The banter at the beginning was uncharacteristically good. I don't yeah. trust that he actually wrote that. That's how good know. it was. I know. <laughs> I, the interaction between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I love in that movie. That would have been a pain in the foot. Yeah. I, there were some deleted scenes Possibly some improv movie. going on there. Maybe. Maybe. Because there are some deleted scenes from that that I wish had stayed. Yeah, the one the one with them in the hallway. Yeah, where they're... Where they were talking. They're surrounded and they're discussing battle plans by... Just simple gestures. gestures, like everyone's like, maybe we should, and then he strokes his mustache. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, no, I'm thinking more like, and he kind of strokes his shoulder, and I was like, that's a possibility, but perhaps strokes his chin. He's like, sure, and they just go, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and or perhaps, yeah, perhaps, yeah, because okay, the, yeah. the one, the one, yeah, the one, he, yeah, he, he's, he pulls the mustache, he does almost a mustache twirl, the first yeah. one, you know, because he, he grabs the mustache and pulls, and I was thinking more of. You know, the, and it was there were distinct movements. You could tell yeah. what was going on. Meanwhile, you know the bad guys are going. You know, <laughs> bad guys have got this head twitch thing going on back and forth. You know, one of the few deleted scenes that I wish they would have left in. Yeah, that that part was yeah. that part was yeah, amazing because it showed how. It, I mean, the movie already showed how tight they were as friends, brothers. You were my brother. Or, yeah, but that just added it even more. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and um, I know it's been said to death, but uh, another point in the negative: only a Sith deals in absolutes. Right. Yeah. That is so hilariously an absolute, which everyone points out. But right. It's right. it's worth continuing to point out just that for is. how inspiredly bad it was. Right. Right. And you know the thing is, is you can take one word out of that sentence. Only. Yeah. A That's Sith right. deals in absolutes. absolutes. Right. And and it's no longer uh, absolute. Something that every movie seems to get right, though, is, at least in my opinion, is a good villain. I loved General Grievous. Grievous, Grievous was a fun villain, amazing. yeah. Amazing, yeah. And the thank you, Gary Tartakovsky, for coming up with yeah. that. Yeah. 
Uh, it's Clone Wars animated series is where he was de- debuted and where he was conceptualized. I thought that came out after the movie. It did, but I think it was in production before. Yeah. Um, you know how long way. it takes to animate, <laughs> right? Either way, the fact that these all these villains got to be fleshed out even more in the Clone Wars, I just love that. But he was a great villain. I am a four-armed droid who carries the, lightsabers. Yeah. Well, not only that, but Cyborg. he gets the lightsabers from killing yeah. Jedi. He'll hate you. Yeah. He's amassed a collection of lightsabers from dead Jedi that he yes. has killed. Is yeah. someone using lightsabers who does not use the Force and yeah. is good with them? Right. right. Well, when, well, you when your wrists your... can turn on 360 yeah. degrees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Turn, you can just turn your hands into a lightsaber buzzsaw. Yeah. Which, by the way, I do find is a funny, uh, <laughs> funny precursor of the whole. He's more twisted now, more machine than man. Right. <laughs> Which is like, you know, I mean, technically Obi Wan was the one going up against him, but it's well, a nice. He's little... more machine now than man, twisted and evil. Twisted and evil. You have yeah. to turn in your geek card now. Yeah. 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 yeah no, 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 no. That's that's that, that's completely forgivable. Um, but yeah, I, the thing is, I love that fight between Obi Wan and Grievous. This is where you see that Obi Wan has gone from, you know, more acrobatic to that tight and up close. Um, He's too old for this shit. Yeah. Well, Obi Wan completely mastered his form, which I think was form three. Uh, sorry, like it. it was like the it was the defensive one. It's that, the defensive form, yeah. Yeah, and he was the absolute master of that. He was, which was how he, you know, basically carved Grievous into little bitty pieces. Uh, <laughs> you know, tiny shot him later. Yeah, and then had to shoot. Well, he took off two of his arms. Yeah. Right. When he I was, when he was, you know, when he was buzzsawing at that, right. you know, the did. stones on Obi Wan, because in the Grievous has just gotten done telling all the Separatist leaders, "I'm sending you to Mustafar." There's droids, like hundreds of droids, all over the place, and Grievous and the Separatist leaders, and Obi Wan just drops in the middle. Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Hi there. I'm here to fuck up your day. Hello. Okay. I'm here to stop you. And plus the Magna Guards, which were proven at the beginning of the movie to be hard to kill. Quite formidable. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and as soon as they attack, he just drops this huge <laughs> thing on all four of them. Yeah. Squit. <laughs> I know, you know something you don't know. Yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> look at <laughs> I'm here to stop you. Yes. Hi, I'll be your Jedi today. <laughs> you, you know. And yeah. And I like how he shoots the guy and is totally disappointed with himself. He's like <laughs> so uncivilized. So uncivilized. <laughs> right. You know. By the way, I do want to point out this is an interesting personality um, study between Obi Wan and Anakin. Anakin, uh, for you know, for obvious reasons, because he later becomes Darth Vader, and uh, as we established, is kind of okay with the dictatorship and you know fascism and everything. Um, but um, Obi Wan, well, I'll start with Anakin. Anakin, he enjoys the battle a little too much. Oh yeah, he but loves. With Obi Wan, he's having fun, fun regardless. And the the slicing dice on the droids is just kind of incidental, right? He jump he jumps in, and he's just like. Hi there. And he's <laughs> yeah. just like fucking with people and smiling and having a good time as best as he can. <laughs> I'm going to kill all of you. This is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, you know, it's it's like the whole happy the warrior thing. don't have souls. Right. It's, yeah. like, it's like the happy warrior thing where like Obi-Wan is actually at peace with himself. Whereas Anakin is this roiling storm who doesn't ever resolve anything until like at the very end of his life, really. Right. And so with Anakin, it's like... He's just kind of, you know, kind of, uh, that is his catharsis, is destroying and killing everything. Whereas with Obi-Wan, he just is doing what has to be done. Oh, yeah. But he's, he's like... doing his job. He's enjoying himself in the process. Right, he's doing what has to be done with a smile on his face. Which I think partly is because he wants to, with, he, he wants to not 
enjoy it too much, if that makes any sense. Yeah, He's enjoying no. himself so that he doesn't enjoy the any killing that becomes necessary. Yeah. And now, in large part, it's droids, but, you know, there's, you know, it, it yeah. goes from there. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's... Um, that's something I noticed about his demeanor, you know. Yeah, he's always, you know, he's always kind of doing that with a, with a little bit of flair. But by yeah, the same panache. token... Yeah, panache. By the same token, he, you know, before he goes into any of that... He makes sure that the people on that planet right. are safe. Yep. Right. You yeah, know. it's not just an ego thing. He makes sure that the mission will be done and that he's not compromising people's lives for his own pride. Yeah. And, and the other thing I think that we, we get to see a little bit more is the camaraderie between the Jedi, between Obi-Wan and Rex. Um, Cody. Cody. Obi-Wan and Cody. Oh, yeah, Obi-Wan and Cody. Um you know, there there is that whole thing of don't you know, which just makes it hurt so much more when right. sixty six happens. Yeah, and and knowing that that was going to happen, you know, somewhere along the way the purge was going to happen, but watching it happen was just heartbreaking. I also love again another great establishing of Yoda as a badass is he's like the only one that's like, yep, I totally see this shit coming. Yeah, <laughs> and just takes yeah. out all the Jedi. Takes out or, all not the Jedi, sorry, the the, 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 clones. the, the troopers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, part of that was because he felt all the other Jedi fall first. Right. Because he's Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, he's fucking Yoda. Like, oh shit. Yeah. And then you know he goes fights and Palpatine throws the Senate at him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything at the Senate. Well, he throws the center at Palpatine. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they threw... Yeah. And he shoots Force Lightning. Yeah. Because Yoda. Because fucking Yoda. Because he's Yoda. Um, oh, and those royal guards acting like they're going to do shit. And he just, like, calmly slams them against the wall. Yeah. Like, Someone's going to keep walking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Comes yeah. in. Thump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does not even break a stride with the cage. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> you know. Um, does he even move? Or do they just you get lifted up and thrown backwards? I think he I doesn't just like, lift them up. He just, he just <laughs> like motion. gesture. He just yeah, motions he just and they slam what backwards. I yeah. feel like it would have been even stronger if he just had walked and they just flew backwards. <laughs> yeah, but I think the audience still needs the gesture. Yeah. Uh, to see you know, to see what's going on. And they um, synchronize the the, the motion and the conking. It's got to say something CGI. when the, the Sith Lord tried to run. True. Yeah. First right. he's, his first is like... And then Yoda hops in front of him. It's so powerful you are. Why leave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to be fair... And then uh, grabs the light. Lord. Instead of doing the force pull, grabs the lightsaber and twirls it in his hand before turns, turning it on. <laughs> well, to, right. be fair, to be fair, we did see that same Sith Lord cower before the might of Samuel L. Jackson. Make, oh, make you would cower behind well, before the might of Samuel L. Jackson do. Indeed. Yeah. There is, uh, I wish that they had explained this in the movie. I read the novelization of the movie. He threw that fight. When it came, there's yeah. a reason. So he to make himself look pitiful. So he killed three him. masters like nothing. But that was one of my main gripes because I thought that was total BS. You're telling me Jedi Masters mm-hmm. are surrounding one dude and they just go down like bitches in two seconds? I think and not. Then, and then Mace. Was able to make him beg for his life. Well, we did establish that Mace is like one of the most badass swordsmen in the but galaxy. But Yoda's better. Yoda's been established to be the best in the Jedi. Well, Yoda wasn't. Yoda wasn't involved in that fight, though. No, but Yoda lost to him. Later. Yeah, it was a stalemate. Yeah, I yeah. think it was. I, I think was, I would argue that they tied. Yeah, I was because uh, even Yoda even, ran out of he, he, he. The shot clock went out. It's not that he lost per se. Fine. Palpatine threw that fight because he knew Anakin would show up and he wanted Anakin to see Mace about to kill him. 
so that he would have to make that choice. Yeah. Do it. And he did the Force Lightning, <laughs> knowing that Mace would turn it back on him so that he would then get scarred. And then he did the whole, oh, I'm weak, I'm weak, I've got nothing. And then as soon as Anakin <laughs> turned on him, it's like, there's my chance. Do it. Yeah. He Although threw the fight. They just kind of go against his grand plan because that was very uh, telegraphed and obvious that he was faking. Well, I don't know. How dumb is Anakin? Remember, remember Anakin. He I actually loved him. how cheesy Palpatine was in yeah. a lot of, because he was a cheeseball villain. Well, to be fair, to be fair, this is a Sith Lord that he has was, had to conceal his power yeah. for decades. Yes. and he's finally letting loose, so he's going to get and, cheesy. Uh, Palpatine also took advantage of the lightsaber form that Mace uses. Uh, Vapod brings you to the brink of the dark side. Mace is the only one who's ever been able to master it. He won't teach it to anybody else because he's the only one who's been able to get it. So it's, a, it's a tantric form of lightsaber yes. combat. <laughs> it, it's so aggressive that it brings you on the brink of the dark side. Yeah. And Palpatine took advantage of it. Uh, I, by the way, I would like to point out, um, Star Wars-wise, fuck the hard line alignment yeah. Light side or dark side. It's pretty dumb. I yes. very much believe in the gray Jedi code. Well, that, that's where, that's <laughs> well, both where... codes are stupid in their own way. The Jedi yeah. code is stupid well, and the right. Sith code is stupid. But as far as this is concerned, Palpatine took advantage of that. And with just a little bit of subtle force manipulation, uh, Mace was going to arrest him. And then with just using the, the lightning and then a little bit of force manipulation. He baited him into baited him into him. killing him right. instead. Which is what drove Anakin to attack him right. instead. Right. And so the whole thing was staged. Yeah. yeah. And Palpatine was a masterful manipulator. He played the long game since before Anakin yeah. was born. Yeah. Right. He was playing a very long game. <laughs> well, he may very well may have possibly caused him to be born. Yes. Yeah, there's so that the too. Long game. I mean, there's a whole thing with Sifo-Dyas <laughs> and the and the Camino ones and shit like that. So, yeah, I mean, he played he was he was building this long game. Yeah. Um and he was playing he was also playing uh you know, it's possible that this all started actually as Plagueis' plan to begin with. Right. But he was also playing speed chess along the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do it. You know. <laughs> and, uh... But, Dooku's face. Kill him. Wait, what? What? <laughs> it, was like, it was like this puppy dog, like, yeah. about to be put down. It was but like, everything I've done for you. Right? You know, and then, and then now... Yeah. We're pretty much out of time. Anybody got any final thoughts? We could, um, we could keep going, but we're out of time. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. The, we, we can't go without mentioning the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Oh, my God. That, great in my opinion, oh, the so best good. lightsaber fight we've had in a movie. Yeah, and I think that shows a lot of the chemistry between Hayden and and uh, Ewan McGregor. So it's over. I have the high ground. <laughs> yeah. Still, the, that pisses me off more than anything. It's so, so dumb. Well, I, I, I like the, uh, I like the, there's a match, there's a mashup, a macro of, it's over, it's over, Anakin, I have the high ground, and then, um, and then a cut to the fight between Luke and Vader, and a caption saying, it's over, Vader, I have the high ground, and Vader says, none, none of that shit, and throws it. 
<laughs> See, I thought I thought you were going to go a different direction with that. I thought you were going. It was going to cut to episode one where Darth Maul clearly has the high ground. Yeah, and he somehow was stares at him for three seconds before he gets cut in half. Right. That was so stupid. Wait, what? Yeah. Whoa, whoa, Jedi what? can jump high. What? Yeah. Force jump. I've never seen this uh, before. By the same token, it was against yeah. Obi Wan. Yeah. If you ever get yeah, plotter. If you ever have yeah. a chance, watch the behind the scenes footage of them practicing that fight. Yeah. Because they beat up training sabers just practicing They beat the hell out of each they other. Didn't, they did not have to speed that up. Yeah, amazing lines. Did that despite two really stupid lines. Speed. You know, yeah. Only Sith deals in absolutes and I have and, the high ground. Yeah. Also along with uh, the fight for the entire trilogy also music. The Duel of oh, yeah. Fates. Duel of Fates is so yeah. epic. So Which awesome. also goes into... Uh, Revenge of the Sith had I don't know the name of the track but it uh, was similar to Duel of the Fates mm-hmm. for during that fight yeah that yeah. was great well um, to to quote a viral video John Williams is the man yes yeah, yeah John that, Williams and he's that, the that only was... composer I know who can bring me to tears with his music yeah he the, the Luke's theme when he's standing on the uh, um at the homestead, looking at you know that the, that French horn, Vista. yeah, yeah, that that fr- that French horn thing, mm-hmm. and when they re- when they reprise that on Tatooine when Anakin is back, you know, I'm just like, oh, the feels, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean to basically encapsulate, essentially like the human condition in a couple of minutes of music, yeah, it's just exactly. so incredible, yeah. yeah, I mean you just feel the yearning that Luke is feeling. When he's standing there looking at the star, the twin sunset, you know, wanting to be anywhere else but in this ass end armpit of the galaxy. As a whole, this trilogy, well, I went into it not expecting a repeat. Mm -hmm. And I got exactly what I wanted out of it. Uh, There were, like anything I watched, there's things (laughs) I didn't want. Yeah. But I still got what I wanted out of it. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're entertaining movies, they expand the universe, and they're worth watching. Yeah. 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 Which is honestly what I would say about the first three as well. Yeah. I, I realized that they were that they were very much groundbreaking. They created the, the concept of blockbuster. They were very important in, in film history. Yeah. Um, but I would not describe any of them as great movies. I would describe, describe most of them as good I'd movies. argue that Empire could be they, considered great. Yeah. They are great too. Otherwise, me I would agree. because of what they mean to me. Yes, well, more importantly, they, they have they have sentimental value, but from a from a divorced objective standpoint, right. none of them can be described as standalone movies as great movies. I don't think. And yet Empire, they are maybe, are maybe Empire. You're right. I, I will grant everyone maybe Empire, but How maybe. Right. Final thought on this though, That's for fair. me. Is that while they're not may you know may not be great movies, they may not be great cinema, may not be this that or the other. They're important. They are. Yeah. They are our modern mythology. Yes, they are. They are the hero's journey personified. Oh man, they are. Well, there's a reason it resonates, you know, for multiple generations. Mm-hmm. Just core storytelling and you know concepts. Right. Exactly because uh, there's there's a whole thing about how Star Wars exactly follows the hero's journey. Oh yeah, to a T. To yeah, to a freaking T, the it it hits everything in the monomyth. Yep. And as a as a fan, I take what I can get where I can get it. 
to an extent, like the holiday <laughs> special, I'll watch once a year because it's <laughs> you're a masochist. It's fun to hate. <laughs> it is uh, fun to hate. I'll give you that. Yeah, but the prequels, I love them for what they are, not for what they, and I won't hate them for what they could have could have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah or yes, what you think not, they should have been, or stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I appreciate it for what it is. That's all you yeah. really do. All right. Well, um, that's all the time we have. I don't know what we'll talk about next week. Um, we will work that out. We'll figure that shit out. This has been Neil. Revenge of the Mike. Jedi Master Ben. <laughs> and Wookie. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Okay, Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter N and the number 15. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. Interstitial this week is Star Wars Overture by John Williams, Mangled on Kazoo by Neil Cordray. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by donating on our website or at Patreon at patreon.com slash workingtheory. The final thought. Kazoos are actually really hard to buy anywhere but online. I had to build my own. If you want to as well, do it. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter N and the number 15. Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin MacLeod. Interstitial this week is Star Wars Overture by John Williams, Mangled on Kazoo by Neil Cordray. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. We read all of them. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us either by donating on our website or at Patreon at patreon.com slash working theory. The final thought. Kazoos are actually really hard to buy anywhere but online. I had to build my own. If you want to as well, do it.